Welcome to the Minx and Muse podcast. I'm your host, Crimson Minx, creatrix of Minx and Muse, a dark feminine playhouse where we awaken our innate magic through esoerotic dance and witchcraft. Welcome to the Portal of Enchantment. Welcome, Kate Tompkins, to the Minx and Muse podcast. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you. Oh my goodness. So good to have you here. So Kate, if you go to our studio in Austin, you may know Kate as Wayne. So if a Wayne slips out, you'll know that this is one and the same person. It's just Kate's nickname. Um, And you are a pole instructor at our studio. Um, And beyond that, you are also very much involved in other mystical practices and rituals for yourself, which we'll get into. But I want to hand the mic over to you. How would you introduce yourself? How would I introduce myself? So I always, um, I I have always been a jack of all trades. I really do all the things. Um, I'm also a Libra, so that's very fitting for me. I am a um, certified sex and relationship coach, um, which has over the years transformed into um, shamanic practices um, and shamanic healing practices, um, as well as um, some work with plant medicine. So I have really spread myself uh, into a lot of different areas of somatic healing, Um, which all started with my introduction to pole dancing almost 10 years ago now. We have to slip in. You said you're a jack of all trades, but you forgot to mention one other thing just to really people get the breath of it. I am also a carpenter. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I got to have balance in my life, right? Yes. I know. No, I just find it so fascinating that when you said... I do all the things. You really do all the things. It's very I really funny. Do all the things. <laughs> you do. Do you remember when we, because you and I knew each other before I opened the studio. And when I first opened the studio, I had some shelving issues. And Kate came in and fixed our shelves back in like 2017 or 18. So um, I've really worked with you in all of the capacities. <laughs> For real. Yes. Yes. And I don't know if people know this about the studio, but it used to be a cabinet shop. It was. Uh, and there are cabinet doors on one of the walls that are all painted black. So um, I, I absolutely love and adore that space so much. Well, I always think that that's how we summoned you in, by the way, that absolutely. that was like our chaos magic of somehow, like we need to summon the carpenter, but who is an embodied sex therapist, shamanic healer. <laughs> yeah. Who knew that existed? <laughs> it's you. So this all started with you starting pole dancing and you've been pole <laughs> dancing for over ten, a decade now. Yep. Over a decade now, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, I found out about pole dancing through a YouTube rabbit hole way back in the day before there was TikTok or anything like that. Um, and I am so grateful that I stumbled upon that video and decided to look around and see if there were any studios in Austin. And I was lucky to live in Austin where there were actually several options, even in 2010, to um, explore that type of movement. 
Yeah. And so you were drawn in because uh, Kate does do our intro to Esoterotic Pole Dance series, which is like a cult favorite. It's a six week series where people have taken it over and over again. And you have really stepped into and I think it's because you have been pole dancing for so long. For those who do pole dance, um, and perhaps for longer, you see if you if this resonates with you, there is like this journey of the long term pole dancer. And it kind of starts with like, Oh, I want to do that cool. Like, I want to get my body I want to be be in my feminine expression, but then you're like, but I want to do the cool fucking things. And then you kind of get pulled into like doing like the cool tricky things. And then uh, your body breaks and then you're like, oh yeah, I remember why I started. And then you return to this um, more, I would say, harmonious body spirit energy expression with the pole. Um, is that yeah. is, is that fair? <laughs> A million percent, yes. A million percent, yes. I I started pole really because I I had very few social skills straight out of school. Um, I was quite awkward. I didn't understand um, my body as sexy or sensual, um, and I was really like just kind of thrust out into the world as this like little duck. And I saw these pole dancing videos and I really wanted to feel sexy. Um, at that time, I wanted to feel sexy outwardly. Um, I was 18, 19. Um, and whenever I got into the classes um, and, you know, many studios are actual pole fitness classes, um, very much focused on that fitness and that like hard trick style. And I was definitely swept up in that. Um, and for a little while, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, I did get in really good shape um, fairly quickly without having to like focus on trying to be fit. Um, but I did realize like it was hurting my body. I was, I was experiencing injury and I was, um, you know, a lot of it was kind of centered around it has to be painful in order to look good. Um, you know, pole bruises and pole kisses is what they were called. You know, we're, we're very, we, we were all very proud of like our battle scars. Um, and after a while, I just realized like this, this isn't doing it for me. This isn't hitting the button that I came here to hit. Like um, it, it was fascinating and it was wonderful, but it was, it was hard on my body. Yeah, and not to dismiss like the empowerment that comes from being able to perform strength-based feats at all. <laughs> but I always get curious of but what drew you to pole dance in the beginning? And I always ask that and we do have that questionnaire go out to our new members because I think you're drawn to pole dance because of your subconscious or conscious, but some kind of draw to the taboo, to the sexuality, to the sensuality. If all you wanted to do was get bruises and get strong, you could do any kind of MMA fighting. You could do, um, you know, like a CrossFit type situations. So I always remember that, oh yeah, even when we get pulled into that like patriarchal pool of like, 
the masculinized energy behind it, which like, it's cool. It's fun to be like, I did this flippy thing. Uh, I was able to like lift myself. That is, I always feel like I have to defend, like not dismissing that. It also broke my body though. Um, (laughs) And so it's this, I remember going, having this reminder when I was very beat up, um, very injured and saying, where was I the happiest with this and what drew me in the first place? And I was drawn to it because I was like, oh yeah, I was really same as you. I do not feel any kind of sexual confidence um, or ownership within my body and my energy. I see it in other people. And I love that you said that it's also oftentimes first an outward expression, which is not a problem. It's not a problem. You need there's steps there's Mm -hmm. levels to this shit as i believe meek mill said yeah and so so tell us like you you return to more the the sensual part of pole dance which is how you teach it at our studio which i love our introduction is is that but like at what point were you like okay now it's like the sex therapist like where did that come in yeah, so it was actually, I, I started teaching fairly quickly um, after I started taking pole classes. Um, I feel like it's just a gift that I've always had is teaching. Um, I'm really skilled at absorbing information and then being able to like spread it out to many different learning styles. Every job I've ever had every role I've ever played, I've always become the teacher. Um, And one of my favorite things, and one of the times I was the happiest whenever I was in that place was watching people come into their first pole class, fully clothed, (laughs) you know, yoga pants or sweatpants and a baggy t-shirt. And then like a couple weeks in, they're starting to wear more like tank tops and like biker shorts, you know, and then a couple more weeks in, maybe they're wearing like sports bras and booty shorts, you know, and it was this, I could see people having this transformation of feeling comfortable in their skin. And I would talk to people after class, you know, and and I was just recognizing that it seemed like their confidence was building in the classroom, but it wasn't translating to their lives outside of the studio you know they were still having big relationship problems and lots of like self-confidence issues and um, particularly issues with like being performative in their relationships which oftentimes we do lean into the performative whenever we're in pole if we're not intentionally focused on how we feel while we're dancing and I caught wind of this sex and relationship coaching modality, I think also through like a YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> YouTube, I, I, I owe everything to YouTube at this point um, for guiding me on this path. Um, and in my body, I just instantly knew like this is what I need to, to find what I was looking for in pull. Right. Like, I feel like I definitely got like level one and maybe level two in my confidence from pole dancing alone in those types of fitness environments. But I knew it just needed it needed something else. It needed to be more inclusive of what what happens outside the studio. 
um, and that led me into my certification. And now I've come, you know, back into your studio and I've been able to really mesh those things. And it really is making a noticeable difference in people's lives inside and outside the studio. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is something that I think people who are new to pole need to recognize is like, it's the gateway. It really is. And and girl, that's why I'm like so into esoeroticism and creating programs beyond dance that coincide with the dance because you see it really does open up people to a completely new world but it's not necessarily the end all be all there is a point when you've been polling for so long that if you're not taking that internal approach of reflection and and growth and expansion that that's where i think you're like well the only way to expand is by learning new, hard, physically harder things. And I love that you and I coincide is that we feel like once you learn those sensual dance moves, now there's depth. Now we go into the depths, but it's the internal self, not the external expression. And you're so Absolutely. good at that. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And you're also a wonderful space holder. You've done workshops with us. In fact, during the pandemic, you did um, a couple. We used to do virtual workshops on Fridays and Saturday nights. And you did. And that's really where I saw, oh, my gosh, Kate has so much wisdom and like really, I, I don't, is leadership the right word? I don't know. Guide. Maybe it is that shamanic energy that comes from you. So what kind of, you know, and you take one-on-one clients and yeah. you do, now you do retreats and we'll get to that. But like, what, what do you notice that after maybe people start their pole dance journey and now they're ready to maybe do some deeper, maybe uh, sex relationship, whatever work, where, what is like the common thread? I feel like the common thread, this is a really good question. Um, And I'll do my best to put it into words. Um, I find that with a lot of this work, the, the common thread is about embodiment. It's, it's like a level of understanding or knowing in your body that you've reached some kind of an edge, right? That you have done the work you have you have learned the choreos and you have showed up to class and you have taken the layers off literally figuratively you know you're you're showing up but you feel in your body that it's time to expand right it it's it's a little bit difficult to put into words until you've actually experienced that sensation in your body but for me it feels like um the best word I can put to it is a longing, a longing for oh. the next step, a longing for something deeper. Um, and it, it, it starts off really quiet. It starts off really quiet in your body. And I think that um, learning to like listen to your body in that way um, is something that I have found is actually a learnable skill. And we all have a little bit of it. You know, we all know how to trust our gut like that is the socially acceptable listening to your body mantra you know is trust your gut 
Um, and more and more we're talking about like being able to see red flags and just knowing in your body, like this person isn't right for me, you know? So we're, it's starting to become a little bit more common knowledge of what listening to your body feels like. But I think within like, when is it time for me to go further? Um, a lot of times it's that, that whisper of longing to go deeper in your heart or you're at a crossroads, a crossroads of, you know, maybe you've just gotten out of a long-term relationship or maybe your marriage is like getting close to that point where you're like, we need to consider what divorce would look like for us um, or, you know, any, any number of things, um, a death in the family or a birth in the family, you know, all, all of these opportunities for crossroads are like portals. They're like very fertile opportunities to like take that deep dive and, and really go into the work. Oh my gosh. We get so many people from, I always say it's relationships, endings. Um, it's uh, empty nesters, children finally mm -hmm. leaving the house. Um, yeah. Um, also we get a lot of Saturn return people. So around that age 30 where people are like, trying to figure out at a deeper level who they are and are just like experiencing tumultuous re realignment in their life. So absolutely. Yeah. But it's a good time. It's when it's, it, it's powerful. These are the people you are getting people. We are getting people who are being self-reflective and who are recognizing there's something lacking. I've mastered this masculine but what is this thing that feels like I'm missing? And that is the embodiment for our witches listening. Like, I, this is why esoterotic witchcraft is a thing. Because I feel like witches who, this old paradigm of witches and magicians existing solely in their heads and doing work from sheer force and will, um, is you're only living in half your power. You want to be guided by the universe, by source, or, you know, pick up on your psychic guidance, learn embodiment. And embodiment means the practices we do, right? Like learning how to work and feel in your body, but then also showing up and doing the thing. It's, it is a commitment of embodying teachings and wisdoms and not just conceptualizing them. And like, it's this, it's, it's not a, I, I read a book on it or like we talked about the performative thing. That is like, when you enter the realm of pole dance, something happens. You're, you're interested in this sexuality and this feminine expression and you go in and you feel a shift and you don't know what it is, but then you think it's doing the cool things. You think it's the tricks. You think it's the performative post on Instagram to prove that you did a thing, which I'm not anti, but I like people to know there's something beyond that. And that you're, if you are, you're just in the beginning of your journey, which is wonderful. And to not think that that's all there is, because once you kind of are like, okay, I've done I've done that. There's something else. What was that initial thing? And that's the embodiment. And that's that inner craving that you're saying that's returning of like, but there's still something. It hasn't fed 
the you know that true desire so what kind of transformations have you seen through this work and through your work yeah i i think even even last last night i taught class and something really magical stood out to me um several participants in class were not feeling great um either they were you know sick a couple weeks ago or they were just feeling low energy and they were the most like glammed up ah. in the group. and they said they intentionally came you know in like sexier lingerie because they felt bad and it like it i just like noticed this is so special that we we have this space where we get to f- kind of feel shitty and still show up in our sensual sexual power and we're doing it we're doing it and we recognize that what we put on our body and how we show up for ourselves in those moments of feeling kind of cruddy are that's the magic that's the magic of the work that's like that's it you know i i don't think i could have put that into words before i experienced that moment but i also was feeling kind of cruddy last night and kind of got myself into you know, utilizing the glamour magic, if you will, of like making sure I was wearing something that made me feel fantastic. Um, and, and you know, I think that's one piece of it. That's one piece of the transformation is like understanding um, the, the power of showing up for yourself in that sexual, sensual energy when you don't feel good. Yeah. Uh, I have also very much witnessed um, so I, I think when we talk about confidence, a lot of times we picture masculine confidence, um, which is that like um, outward expression of confidence. I feel like I've noticed a lot more transformation of, of the feminine confidence, which is the for me, the, the internal, the, the softer, the I don't need validation for this confidence in order for it to feel powerful and, and like you walk in a room and it really doesn't matter what other people are perceiving. It's, it's how I'm feeling walking into the room. Um, and in my work, um, and this goes into the studio as well, but, um, that having that communication with your body, I think is, is the skill that we are missing in society. I think if everyone could learn how to communicate with their body, um, I call it your truest self, this, this like inner part of you that just, there is no BS stories attached to it. Like you can, you can literally ask yourself a question and get a clear answer or guidance or inner wisdom from yourself. Um, and whenever I've guided people on the path to learning how to communicate with their body and their truest self, um, it has just blown their worlds wide open you know it has given them the opportunity to make the decisions in their relationships in their business um in their in their creative ventures that feel so good in their body that they can get through like there there isn't even any imposter syndrome 
when they make the decision. There isn't even any resistance anymore because they know what their truth is and they can just they can just go on that path and it's it's just so wonderful to witness. Wayne, you nailed it. I love how you put that. Absolutely. And I love that you brought up the glamour magic because, you know, as our our witches know, glamour magic is when you do something to your external appearance to affect how the external world perceives you. But at the same time, that also influences how you view yourself. So putting on an outfit or glamming yourself up is the magic to help support you to take the next step of embodiment and showing up and doing the thing. And a lot of people think glamour magic is the end result, but you use it a perfect example. The glamour magic is supposed to be used for you to then show up and do the thing. And I think when we start, we all think that we can be susceptible to glamour magic. Well, I put on the outfit and I posed. So I am that now, but are you in bot? Are you, so you put on a sexy outfit. So maybe you were performatively sexy, but what we're talking about here is sexual sovereignty and reclamation. And that comes from taking that glamour magic and then showing up for yourself and doing the embodied work that it takes to actually experience and feel the sexuality, right? And it's like once, yeah, once you feel that, once you have experienced what it feels, to be sexually expressive for your own right, for your own pleasure, for your own power, then no one can take that from you. It does not come off when you take off the outfit. Oh, I'm no longer sexy. I took off the lingerie, right? And that's like where the embodiment that you're speaking of is so vital to showing up for yourself. And I absolutely love that you hold space in a capacity where people feel safe to show up And they feel motivated to show up in a way that like, I'm going to do this work, even though maybe it's not as comfortable as I want to be right now. And then they can just show up in, in the energy that they're in, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe they move a little slower. Maybe they take things out. You know, that is to me, you have shifted from the masculinized confidence, which is you fucking show up and you do the reps and you do it extra and right? And the, the feminine confidence is I, I feel confident enough to show up as who I am, knowing that this is going to feed my soul right now. And I'm going to do what feels good listening to my body in the moment. And that feminine confidence. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have a harder time. Um, a lot of times in our society doing less, you mm-hmm. know, I I always, 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 always give permission to do the least in any of my classes and containers and spaces that I hold. Um, And it's hard for people, even when they don't feel good, to give themselves full permission to do the least, to, to take out that spin that doesn't feel good to your body today, or to not do the shoulder roll or to, you know, to, to sit out a couple rounds you know, and just be witness for a few rounds. You know, I think that um, a lot of times we we don't give ourselves enough permission to slow down and to honor what our body really needs, which is to to do the least. Right. And that's not saying like half-ass, right? It's saying like 
And that's where people I know will come at us. Well, you're just half-assing it. Uh-uh. Because no. when you're in your body and you're authentically in your body, you're going to want to move. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to want to express and it's noticing when, Ooh, like this is actually detrimental to like my soul work now. Like it's not necessary to my soul work. So there's, Mm -hmm. there's a difference and it's the different, the masculine versus feminine lens that you're seeing it through. Absolutely. And, and I think within this, um, it's actually work it's emotional work. It's that internal work. It's that sometimes shadow work of, can I, do I have permission? Like, why am I not giving myself permission to just sit down and be witness? Because being witness is, is such a powerful role. Um, but, or, or to run away, you know, a lot of times if you're, if you're in a class and you're not feeling up to doing the thing, um, you might get like really down and you might want to just leave class early, you know, and it's for me, it's the work is, can I stay? Can I sit with this? Can I feel my feelings about this and allow myself to feel that discomfort instead of fight or flight? Ooh, that was a big one. That was big because <laughs> that was big because a lot of times it, it takes a conscious responsibility and maturity to really mm-hmm. understand the nuance of these things that you understand mm-hmm. and you speak about so well. This idea of, well, I don't feel like doing it, so I'm leaving class early. Okay, mm-hmm. but, but what if we're not asking you to move through something physically uncomfortable? Is the real reason you want to leave is because you're uncomfortable in being seen a certain way or expressing a certain way? And how can you, as an autonomous witch, as a sovereign being, move through the discomfort in a, like that portal type, like that's a portal. We talked about portals before. The only way to the other side is through. Yeah. Can't just jump over it. So can you be witnessed in your discomfort? And and it's not a, I can't, like, the hard thing is noticing, okay, I don't have to prove myself with the physicality anymore. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. is there now, now I'm in the emotional depths. Okay, well, here's a whole new challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's that, how does my body feel if I, if I'm witnessed? half-assing the spins in this choreo you know if I leave my feet on the floor instead of picking them up if I do if I do the modifications because that's what my my body and my emotions really need right now how how am I perceived in that energy and can I can I just claim that that I don't need an excuse or a reason to do the do the least to do less to modify to take that time to take that space you know how am I going to be perceived and can I hold myself through how I feel I'm going to be perceived yes it's big it's big work it's transformative work but this is this is the depths of the feminine right the feminine is the feeling it's the emotion it is the shadow it's the black and the yin and the yang you know so it that's that's the deeper work that we're talking about here 
Um, and it's so funny because so many people say, I can't take a pole dance class. I don't have the upper body strength. And it's Always. like, that is not... <laughs> Although, you know what, you have to choose because I have heard people have gone to certain beginner experiences and have been expected to do very physically challenging things. So I get (laughs) actually where that they may have experienced that. So not just validating that, but um, come, come take a class with with Kate, come take a class with with uh, any of our instructors or beginner instructors. Ruby also teaches uh, our beginner pole and is wonderful. Sarita does. We have a bunch. So Jojo. So they all know. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to leave saying it was my upper body strength. That was the challenge. It was, it's going to be this challenge. So you know what challenge awaits you. It's going to be, Ooh, I have to be like intimate with my body and I have to listen to my body. And I have to express in a way that I've only been told is for someone else's viewing pleasure. Yeah. And now I have to understand what feels sexually expressive, not looks it. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, whenever you do come to a beginner class, you're moving your body in ways that feel uncomfortable because you haven't ever done them before, but they actually do look externally sexier than you think that they do and you you do there is that little bit of challenge of like am I doing this right and like getting through that like barrier of the maybe um, embarrassment that you might feel in that moment and just trusting the process of continuing to show up which is why I love this six-week intro series because it gives you enough time and space to work through that. In every every single person that's made it to week six feels so much better in their body and their movement, um, whether or not they got all the tricks. Right. right. It's like you you notice how you feel different in your movement. You notice you're giving yourself more permission to feel that that sexiness and. Um, you know, a thing that I tell people all the time about if they, I, we always get that I don't have the upper body strength. Um, the the great thing about pole is 90% of us, at least probably more, started as adults. You know, it's it's a dance form that most people don't start out when they're three years old, like ballet or jazz or whatever or even gymnastics you know you see these people in gymnastics doing crazy tricks and you think oh they've been doing this since they could walk you see a pole dancer doing like crazy flips and tricks and we kind of subconsciously I think think the same thing they've been doing this their whole lives They have it, you know, most of us started as adults, you know, there are actually pole dancing classes for children now. um, But that wasn't always a thing, you know, and and it is we start as adults, and it is something that builds. It's something that builds. Most of pole dance beginner moves are about learning to fall gracefully. You don't need (laughs) upper body strength for that, (laughs) you know. It's true. It's true. It's and then true. You, you realize that it the it's not nailing the spin or the move that makes you successful. It's learning how to execute in a way that feels good and ex- expressive authentically in your body. Those are just 
the means of expression. They're not the, because I have seen people execute some technically flawless moves with no hint of embodied sensuality or emotional connection. And I have seen people do those same moves in a much less technical, uh, polished way who have moved me and who I have felt and to, you know, just through their connection to it. And that is what you and I and make some use and seek and are turned on by. And I think that's what people are really drawn to when they're initially drawn to this, this art form. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely think there's a place for um, the big tricks and the, mm-hmm. the like technicalities, you know, there, there is absolutely a beauty in that form. Um, but I, I think the way that I look at it now is like, that's the bodybuilding version mm-hmm. of pole dancing and bodybuilding is great for people who, who like bodybuilding, if that feels good in their body and those goals feel great to them, that's wonderful. But I think that there are so many of us out there that are craving that, that sexuality and that sensuality and that um, inner confidence. And I think that you, that is much harder to find if your goal is big tricks. Not yes. impossible. No. I think I, it's, it's harder. Well, it is because you have to be very in your head with the technicality and you have to be committed to, you know, getting your body to a certain composition. And, and here's the thing I work out, you know, I, I, that is a part of my life. Fitness is a part of my life. Um, that is a masculine, masculinized part of my life. Uh, I don't bring it to the studio because I know that I need and crave and desire the feminine and I, and the sensuality and the sexuality and that magic that comes from awakening and opening to that energy within myself. I personally, I'm not telling other people how to do this, but I keep those parts of my life separate. I, when I come to my pole and floor and esoticism and all of that dance, I've, I've done my workout for the day. It's, they're not crossing. Mm-hmm. They're not crossing paths because in that state, it is a completely different intention than I'm bringing to like my morning workout. Absolutely. So I, I always like to, you know, make it really clear. You and I were not like fuck fitness yeah, no, <laughs> at all. Like it's not. good. Be healthy, do your thing, you know, but like, are you crossing wires? Are you bringing this masculinized mindset to like what you originally intended to start for a completely different purpose? Are we falling into those trappings of like, oh shit, like I wanted to do this because of this internal feeling embodied lack that I had in my life. And holy shit, like I I brought that, I defaulted to my masculinized of how I approached it. So you can always (laughs) step back and ask those questions and just know that like both are necessary in life are you giving that feminine as much value as you are the masculine yeah and bringing it back to what you said early on in this conversation is it's also totally okay to have that arc 
where you get into pole and you try the hard tricks and things and you bring yourself back, you know, like that is so many of us have been on that journey. Um, And that's totally normal. You know, I I have ADHD and I tend to go all in really hard on any new type of hobby. Um, And I think many people that are neurodivergent or otherwise have that experience as well, where you want to go, you know, balls to the wall on this new venture. And there's, there's really nothing wrong with that. And I don't think that you could know which path you prefer if you don't experience a little bit of both, you know, and, and for me, it's like, it's, it's so clear in my body now, 10 years later, (laughs) that this, this version, this like sensual, erotic, focused movement is more what I was looking for, as opposed to being able to do all the upside down flips and tricks and things. Right. Yes. And I love that. Take the journey, experience all the things, but just know what we're talking about here and what makes some use hold space for is, it, you know, it was, it's been a fight. <laughs> Why can't we do this? I want to learn this. Why can't we do this? Because we are very clear on what we are offering and the space that we are providing for you to come into. We do everything within our power for you to stay in your feminine energy expression because the world and you need that right now. So this is your space for that. Live your life in other ways outside, but just know when you come to our containers, that that is, we are going to keep that purity for you. We're going to keep that that energy so you can commit to that energy within yourself. Yeah. You know? And so people always want to masculinize their way through the feminine. And it's like, nope, you got to feminine your way through the feminine. <laughs> yep. And I love, you know, how we, we're dark feminine expressors so you know we're going into the taboo we're getting sexual with it we're going into the shadow and that's why you know we also go into the magic and the witchcraft and so i know that you have also really gotten into like the more mystical and magical um practices in your life do you want to share kind of people may not know this about you but we're witches. So we're, we're, we we're interested in this. We are interested in this. Yeah. Um, I was actually very anti witchcraft magic woo for a long, 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 long time. Um, and I feel like in my personal journey, that was me, um, clinging to the masculine and clinging to control and also pushing away against Um, like organized religion that I was raised in. Um, And I'm so glad that I I also (laughs) have gone through that journey and and come back to my truth, um, which is um, a deep connection with magic. And, um, you know, I think that um, plants, um, I, I have experienced plant medicine and my introduction to that world um, really helped to solidify the, um, um, I guess, the the experience of magic in my body. Literally, you consume plants and the magic happens 
in your body, right? Um, and that really opened my eyes to um, like a, a daily spiritual practice of um, meditation, which I struggled for me with meditation for ever. I knew it was good for me and I, I understood kind of the idea of meditation. Um, but I think that like processing through the plant medicine really helped me to fully understand like what meditation is and what it means to connect with my body and communicate with my body. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's again, I mean, I always say dance is feminine meditation. Um, <laughs> because, you know, what's the point of meditation to, to get out of your head and to get to a space beyond your thoughts? Well, that happens, especially in sensual dance. We call it getting into a state of gnosis where you completely shift brainwave states. So, you know. Yeah. And, and really through dance and through my work that I've done, um, what it really gave me was permission to let meditation be what I needed it to be. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'll say meditation isn't always sitting silently on a pillow right. and trying to not think of anything, right? I, I would say, in fact, it's rarely that. Um, and that, that journey of like allowing myself to meditate how worked best for my body um, led me into shamanism, um, which honestly has kind of just come through for me in the last year um the word shamanism if you had told me a couple years ago that i was practicing shamanism i would have blown you off and been like no 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 you know i i thought shamans only fit into a particular culture um or looked a certain way you know and um i actually as i learned more and more about shamanism i realized i was already doing it <laughs> My, Can you share form, with us what that is? Yeah. So my form of meditation and a lot of times the way I guide clients, I tell them it's similar to a guided meditation, um, but it's more like having a direct conversation or a journey through your body, right? So a lot of times this looks like we close our eyes and I'm guiding you um through your body like we might take a little version of you in an elevator in your head and drop you down into your stomach and like look around and you might be in a jungle and we're going to explore like what is in this jungle and what's showing up here and we might interact with some other version of yourself maybe we find your inner child curled up or hiding in this forest feeling terrified and we can actually have a conversation with that child and it sounds if you just hear this without experiencing it it sounds insane and like that would never make a difference but seriously 10 or 20 minutes of having a conversation with your inner child in this embodied way this internal journey way is massive massively transformational um, and you will come out the other side feeling like your inner child is much more cared for. And that that just like ripples out into how you show up in current day self. Oh, my gosh. I've done that meditation. You've guided me through that one before. And it is beautiful. And I yeah. think, you know, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that all cultures have had forms of shamanic leaders 
no matter what region. Um, and there is a difference between appropriating from uh, the specific uh, expressions of different cultures versus owning the unique form of shamanism that has existed around the globe. Um, and we don't want to dismiss, you know, the our unique lineages of that, that we all come from some form of culture that had shamanistic leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really believe our bodies know that work and respond to that work, no matter who we are. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a powerful thing. We're not for like, oh, appropriating, put on a fucking headdress and (laughs) like that, like, hello, that is very specific to an initiatory culture or a a blood a bloodline, right? But um, yes. yeah, like I love hearing people becoming more awoken to their spiritual capacity through these ancient practices mm-hmm. um, and th- these journeyings and these communing with the plant spirits and ingesting certain plant spirits. And um, I know that you have experienced there's so it's we talk about this in magic. Um, yeah, we talk about, well, we're using basil for luck and blessings, right? Um, yes, it's the frequency of that herb, but it's also the spirit attached to that herb. So if you don't have basil to use in your candle spell, you can call upon the spirit of basil and, and include it in your candle spell. Um, and I've never done plant medicine, if we're being honest here. Uh, I have done combo before, which is like a frog uh, <laughs> medicine. And so that's how I've been able to experience it of like, oh, it's not just like the physicality of this, some type of frog excretion. I'm not even giving it, I'm not even going to talk about it because <laughs> it's something that comes from a frog from the uh, Amazonian uh, jungle. But it's this, it's, that's why you need a spiritual worker. I couldn't just ingest it and have it work the same way as a spiritual worker, as a shamanic practitioner who can, who is familiar with and, um, in communion with that spirit as it does its work. And it sounds, (laughs) and oh my gosh, I heard someone say the other day, like they're done using the word woo. I think someone posted in the Mighty Network about this, if I'm not mistaken. And I love that because it really diminishes the power Mm -hmm. of this work. Oh, it's just woo. Like, and I use that self-deprecating a lot. Like, oh, you know, my woo-woo sensibilities. Like, no, these are my magical powers. And this is my communion with nature and and earth spirits and ethereal (laughs) spirits, you know, non-earthbound spirits. Like, can we stop just like diminishing the power of this? And this is, you know, the feminine to me is the spirituality. It's the beyond the mundane and the physicality. Yeah. And I think uh, honestly, all of this, the, the shamanic journeying and the, the medicine spirits, um, I've, I've started using the term earth medicine as opposed to plant mm-hmm. medicine because there are things like frogs and yeah. mushrooms. Mushrooms are not plants. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, even, even things such as like water, you know, the healing properties of water, the healing, you know, there's, there's so many. So I've, I've been using the term earth medicine, but most people are not familiar with that. Um, 
but I think all of it comes down to the reason that this is maybe not factual, but it's a very strong theory is the reason that humans have thrived is because we are able to tell stories. Mm. We are able to tell stories. So before writing and before language, we were we were able to pass down information. So the next generation is always able to receive old information as opposed to you're born on this earth and you have to start from scratch, right? So shamanism and a shamanic journey, I think the reason it works for everybody is because it's story and we can heal ourselves through rewriting those stories and writing new stories, right? We, we really do. Stories are their own form of medicine. And there are, they, there were shamans in absolutely every single culture because that's just what we were before we were doctors. That's, that's <laughs> it. We, we uh. there were healers and shamans because the word doctor didn't exist and the medical field didn't exist. Right. And the medical field exists now because we have story because Mm -hmm. we had gradual learning. And, um, I, I think that plant medicines and earth medicines are certainly not for everyone. And they're definitely not a place to begin your journey. No. Um, I see a lot of people, leading into exploring plant medicine as a quick fix or like you know I'm I'm just gonna jump into this so that the the medicine does a lot of the work for me and I really think it's like you you really need to be on your personal healing journey your spiritual healing journey before you start to explore that realm Oh, I agree. That is like some um, spiritual bypassing right now of like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to reflect and do the work myself. I will just let the plants and people, you know, can really abuse these spirit medicines, these earth medicines. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's kind of like, you know, this is again, it's embodiment. We're bringing it back to embodiment. Are you embodying the work? Are you embodying the teachings and the wisdom? Or are you just um, expecting it to be an external fix? I take this thing, I ingest this thing, I'm done. It's, you know, people who go to energy workers, fix my energy. Yeah, but then are you, how are you showing up for yourself to maintain your energy? And what are the right. decisions you're making on how you um, are internally processing past experiences or how you're showing up to create future experiences? Like we, that is the radical responsibility. Um, that's the power and the responsibility of sovereignty. <laughs> Yes, you've you've released external control, but you are the only one that can then heal you. The plants, the plants, the energy workers, the pull, you know, all of those are just tools that you have to wield intentionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And with a proper space holder, just like you were saying with with the Cambo, somebody Mm -hmm. who knows and experiences that energy well um and as a comparison for people it's the same thing with pole class right if you tried to learn pole dancing at home you might make some kind of progress right but going to a pole class where the instructor 
understands the energy that you're trying to work with and can guide you on that journey to experience what you're what you're looking for without doing harm you know it's literally the same thing you know being being a guide for somebody's journey on their on their pole journey is quite similar and I think that people can recognize that being on your pole at home even even us you know it's different Mm-hmm. It's different being on a pole at your own house by yourself than it is being in an experience with a space holder. Right. And we actually have a really uh, talented, we have a, a member of our multiverse, Rosie Boa, who does, she's a virtual, she does virtual mm-hmm. classes. Um, and she has done a really good job at translating take a virtual class with her and she, mm-hmm. it's, she's going to provide that experience and that space holding guide. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in person. Like we do a lot of virtual offerings. We're like, totally. we've, le- we've learned. So I just want to make sure that it's like, we're, we're not advocating like it has to be in person in person, but it's the space holding guide. Yes. That is like, that is guiding your experience. It's like, we even do group spell work virtually together and the difference between that and like, I'm going to uh, do it just on my own. There's something, even when you do it virtually where you have the guide and it's like the energy's coalescing. It's mm-hmm. yeah. For, you know, so I agree. I think a space holder is a, is, I think that's something that as a society we're going to recognize is mm-hmm. it's a skill and it's a, it is um, not everyone has that ability to guide people through an experience and that it's not the technique, right? It's not the take the plant medicine, ingest it this way, do it this way, do this. Uh-uh. It's those non-tangible skills and, this, and, the, and the emotional and the spiritual and the soulful connection and those things that you can't quantify, that's what makes yeah. someone a successful shaman or guide or instructor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. Yeah. I love, see, I just love um, how let's just make sure it was, this timeline was clear. This has been like an over a decade timeline for you where you started with the pole, then you got into the sensual embodiment, you got into um, that kind of um, deeper processing with, you know, through that kind of coaching. And now you're, you know, you've then combined it with the more earth medicines and how this was not something that happened like this. It really wasn't an embodied journey and commitment. And so I think everyone, it's such a powerful journey for people to be on, but we all need to have grace for ourselves. This is something that doesn't happen overnight. That's it's too bypassy. It's too masculine. Give me the three quick steps to, if you do step one, step two, and three in 30 days, you'll be sexually empowered and liberated and healed. Like, ugh, that yeah. is not a thing. Cause <laughs> that's not how yeah. we're, we're such layered onions. I need to find a better metaphor for that. Cause, <laughs> but we're so layered and nuanced and we're always going to be revealing more. So, um, and we can always learn new tools to go deeper and deeper into that. So I love that you have that breadth of um, capacity to, to guide people. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, you, do you, do you, uh, do you want to answer some of our questions that we ask everyone who joins on the podcast? Of course. Yeah. Let's 
do it. So what is your personal mantra or source of daily inspiration? So I have recently snagged this from a friend of mine who's been using it for a while now. And it is um, the statement, everything's going according to plan. Um, I had a lot of resistance the first time I heard it um, because I, I don't know that I believe that there is a plan. Um, but I've recognized that it it does something to my nervous system to allow me to just lean into trust and surrender to divine timing. Ooh, that's a powerful one. There's something about taking the pressure off ourselves that, yes, we're sovereign, we're self-responsible, we're autonomous in our healing and how we show up in the world. But there is, I think, as witches and magicians, we do believe, and, and even those who are religious, that there is something also beyond that that is supporting us. Absolutely. You know, we have to guide it. We have to take the initiative, but, um, but yeah. we can't necessarily control how it unfolds. Right. Oh yes. That's the mystery of the universe. So embrace it. I love it. What is your favorite sensuous indulgence? Um, I have so many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think my favorite is ice cream in a hot bath. Oh, I I love eating ice cream in a hot bath. What flavor? Um, any flavor, <laughs> any flavor except for chocolate. I'm I'm not a chocolate ice cream girl. Oh, fair, fair. <laughs> and what does living fully in your power as a witch look like to you? Mm. Permission. It looks like giving myself permission to be all that I am. Oh wow, that's mm-hmm. big. Not yeah. permission. Permission. Notice- Permission is huge for me. Mm -hmm. It is internal permission. It's not permission from someone else to do something. It's the permission from within yourself where sometimes it's so much easier to just allow other people to dictate. Yeah. Ooh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, Kate, this was awesome. Can you share how people could find you if they want to learn more about your work? Yeah, of course. Um, I am on Facebook, Kate Tompkins. Um, and I have a website you can reach me at. It is Kate-Tompkins. That's T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S dot com. I love it. And you can find, <clears throat> excuse me, find her on the schedule as Kate. Though you may hear everyone refer to her as Wayne at the studio. So come take some classes as well if you're in Austin. Kate, thank you so, so much. This was such a wonderful discussion, a well-needed discussion. And I just am so grateful for you and respect um, what you bring to this world greatly. So thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you so much. Yes, love you. Love you, friend. (laughs) Thank you for joining me for the Minx and Muse podcast. You can find show notes and learn more about the studio at www.minxandmuse.com. As a reminder, it is our birthright to transform, expand, and safely exist as sensual, conscious, and empowered creatures. I'll see you next time.